have, I believe. So thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching the live streams, please let us know in the comment section where you're beaming in from and uh, to, so that we know that it's working for you. Hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, you are currently watching uh, Machines, Magnetism, and Mayhem with Tony and Greg with special guests, uh, Brian, today. It is August 17th, 10 a.m. Uh, I believe it's the third Wednesday that we do these uh, regularly here. So let me start officially here. Welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live streams, catch the replays, meet up in real life at real world events, uh, ultimately to inspire each other and create better tattoos, art, and in this case, machines together and equipment together. Um, with your help, we're actually beaming out five, six days a week now with uh, quality live tattoo content. So yeah, thank you very much. Not exactly sure where you're beaming in from. It could be the App Store or the Google Play. Do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, there's an app that you could download. There's a YouTube channel, Reinventing the Tattoo. Please uh, catch, catch us live there if you like. Then the Roku channel. So we have a full Roku channel and there is a Tattoo Machines channel on the Roku. I'll give you a little preview of it um, in a second so that you can kind of see what I'm talking about. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, then, oh, well, I guess uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, then you're either on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the podcasts may be found. Here in my script is to show uh, screen share reinventing the tattoo. So let me do that real quick here. And, and thank you for uh, bearing with our introductions. We don't have any ads or anything during the shows. So I'm going to take this time to make sure that you know what's going on. Okay, so this is reinventing the tattoo. We're beaming out. Thank you for uh, to Guy. And if we scroll down, we'll see we've got the, well, the reinventing is, it used to be a book, now it's a full online course. So you should definitely check it out. There are free lessons. We, we have all of our live streams uh, right here on the homepage. You'll see here's Machines, Magnetism, and Mayhem. Uh, this would be the live show. This would be like some really inception-y shit if we start clicking out. Let's not do that. Um, here is our replays. And this is basically what goes out on the Roku channel too, right? So we've got the Reinventing Podcast. This is uh, one, of, uh, one of the large Zoom calls. We have drawing groups. We have a, a Spanish channel, which is pretty cool. If, uh, your tattooers uh, speaking in Spanish. These are all art jams and whatnot. There's Live in the Castro uh, with Haley Adams. So there's the LGBTQ plus POC communities. Here we go, Tattoo Machine channel. Hey, with Tony and Gary. So this is Inception-y, but this isn't live. So we're, uh, um, we're safe here. In any event, um, there's uh, plenty of free resources here in Reinventing the Tattoo. These are not free Learn to Tattoo courses, of course, uh, but there is a free History of Electric Tattooing course. This is out of control. Jay, Jay Brown from the Northwest Tattoo Museum um, is putting together. These are like museum exhibit quality uh, uh, chapters in here. So uh, you definitely, if you're, if you're grumbling that you, uh, the kids don't know about their tattoo history these days, then you better be taking that course pretty quick because they are taking it now. It's pretty awesome to see people downloading it and whatnot. And um, okay, sorry, let me get back on script here and then we could get to get the show going here. So there is a, an events tab on that homepage there. So you can see all of the live shows. There's like four or five times where if you are an artist, you could beam in Sundays at one, uh, Mondays at 9 a.m., Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Anyways, check out the schedule. Um, and let me hammer out our sponsors real quick. Raw Pigments, rawpigments.co. They are acrylic free. Uh, 
so they don't dry out on the cup or they don't dry out on the cup. I still haven't asked if that's the reason why. Either way, they don't dry out on the cup. They're acrylic free. Uh, rawpigments.co. You can check out some interviews with Lauren and their artists. Uh, it's pretty fun to see uh, them stick people, get some samples, and then uh, yeah, they, they talk about it. Anyways, uh, worldtattooevents.com is the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. Uh, I know I tried to copy all of Alex's listings for Tattoo Now a couple years, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, within three days, I was like, there's no way I could keep up. So I just sent people to worldtattooevents.com. It has, is the, has every listing and, and they're updating it all the time. Uh, there's uh, interviews with Alex on the channel. He's got uh, Mickey Valletta has, has been, uh, did an interview. Uh, there's a whole mess of them. It's awesome. Uh, D-Lies Pro in the United States is uh, Dermalize Worldwide. Uh, Alex DePasse's uh, healing wrap, it's designed to, to breathe. So you, uh, if you're interested in protecting your art as it walks out the door, uh, Dermalize, uh, D-Lies Pro in the United States. Thank you, international copyright laws. Um, it's designed to, to heal uh, wounds like tattoos. So check it out again. There's plenty of videos online of videos that are using it, of, of artists that are using it, excuse me. Okay, two more, Tattoo Now. I'm gay, this, I'm a computer geek. I help tattooers with software to, well, to get busier. It used to be to get busier and build a perfect clientele. I still do some of that as much as people want. But these days, a lot of people are busy. So I'm helping streamline communications so that instead of all the back and forth emails and a million phone calls and the answering of questions, we could streamline all that so that you have more time to not be on social media, fuck social media, to spend more time sleeping or with your friends and family or whatever. Anyways, Tattoo Now, technology for tattooers. And then... Guy Aitchison is the founder of Reinventing. He is the uh, artist who has inspired most of us, if not all of us. And he's the reason why we're inspiring each other. He's created the space. Uh, it started off, uh, Reinventing started off as a three ring binder addition to his seminar. And it's grown into, again, not only the online course uh, and courses with, I think there's over 20 guests. Sonia Urbanic has a, a build a tattoo machine in, in eight weeks or eight months. Eight weeks. Um, it's awesome. Like like Tony actually goes through and he's filing the shit by hand with all the hand tools. So again, if you're an apprentice or, or you're mentoring, you really got to check it out. Anyways, point is, uh, Guy Aitchison is awesome. GuyAitchison.com. He's got his books, his prints. He's got the Biomech Encyclopedia here. I am going to show it off because I have it here. Uh, this thing is huge. It's two volumes. So when people are wondering why the shipping is so much, it's because it's huge. But it's, it's amazing. He's got all the badass uh bio tattooers he's uh, i think giger the giger state put something in here and bernikanski bernanski i don't know the polish guy who's sick with the bio point is guyhsn.com thank you very much please uh send your positive reviews to the public channels and your constructive criticisms and sponsorship money to uh management at reinventingthetattoo.com sponsorship requests i don't think we take money that way anyways point is Thank you very much, Tony, uh, Greg, Brian, and Jamie. Jamie, if you could turn your phone sideways, then we get the full camera on there. Ah, uh, yeah, great. Uh, wiggle it, maybe, other way. Uh, you might have the screen lock on. It's worth doing this. I am. Uh, it's all good. Uh, Tony, take it away. Tony and Greg, take it away. I'm out here. Thank you. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Tony Urbanic, and, uh, oh, and that's my daughter, Izzy. <laughs> And uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to uh, Machines, Magnetism, Mayhem. Uh, Greg DiGiacento is a host. Hi, Greg. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Um, here we talk about uh, tattoo machines <laughs> and magnetism. Um, the magnetism being how we're all drawn together in this industry, in this field, and, you know, the, uh, the community. The May... Hands up. Hands up. 
with magnetism, yeah. it's being drawn together. Oh. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> a question to say that. And, uh, yeah, the mayhem in our lives, which is, you know, being family, building machines and, you know, just the chaos that interacts with all of us, the traveling and whatnot, the art, the client. So we here we talk about machines. We talk about the mayhem. We talk about the, <clears throat> in, in the magnetism. And today we have Brian Neal and Jamie Weddle. Both, Jamie, you're from Stay Gold Tattoo as well, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, we, I started with Brian when he opened the shop a little over three years ago. Uh, kind of helped him open the shop up and stuff. Right on, cool. And then we have Brian Neal, who I know is a machine builder. <clears throat> Um, you guys were just at the convention, so I it, and we're traveling again this weekend together. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to get you guys on. Um, Want <clears throat> Greg as well to grill you? Hope Greg leaves, and uh, Bye, Greg. he'll be back. And uh, All right. well, there he is. You know, talk about the convention. Talk about the machines. Talk about the future. So uh, yeah, Greg, if you got anything to add, we'll get to it. I'm sorry, I'm outside. There's like a fucking fighter jet like flying around. If you want to. No. <laughs> Red Dawn. Like, yeah. Try to have a podcast. Mayhem. Ah, it's reality TV. It it is. <laughs> They're dropping bombs on Greg already. Like, it, like, you came by like earlier, and I was like, all right, I hope this doesn't happen again. And here we are. He's going to park over your house. Uh, uh, Tony, it is worth uh, plugging. The last show was live from Rubber City and included mimosas, so you could catch it uh, on the YouTube. Well, yeah, as I talk into the Magic Eight Ball once again, folks. Um, yeah, we did a podcast in in uh, Rubber City two weeks ago at the tattoo convention. It was called uh, Machines, Magnetisms, Magnetism, and Mimosas. And Elizabeth came up with that concept we thought it'd be really cool to go live from the convention and just had like massive amounts of champagne and orange juice pictures all around us. And we just grab random people out of the audience and interview them. Um, I don't drink, so uh -huh. I don't think it was very, <laughs> it was, my lips work correctly at that point. We had Adam from TAC come on there, or not Adam, Adam from Junk Machine Company. We had Aaron with two A's from TATCOM, the mad scientist. <clears throat> Elizabeth Clay, my significant other, my partner in the convention. Is that Sutton sitting down for a minute? Like I missed some of this because I was putting out fires at the convention. But uh it was fun. It, it, it was a technical talk. We had technical conversations. We had silly conversations. Um, there's Adam from Twin Films. He's a geographer. Yeah, I have to go back and rewatch most of this. It, it, to me, it was just such a world. There was such a whirlwind at the convention because I was so busy handling things that I, I missed a bunch of really great things that happened. Um, but that was one of the moments that I was involved in that I could take a breather and uh, have, it, have, have some good conversation with people. With the that was show. a good show, man. Very good show. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much. 
Uh, I will also chime in. That was amazing. I've gone to a ton of shows for a first time show. It was clear that not only did you give a shit, but you were paying attention. And the whole crew was awesome. There wasn't anybody there that was not there to help. Like everybody on the crew was there to help with a smile. It's great. Yeah. You know what? Our team for a first year show and nobody knowing what to expect going into it. Like to roll back a little bit. I've been doing shows since 91. not throwing them but going to them so I pick up little nuances and pieces here and there that I I think that I I would incorporate if I ever did one but uh the crew had no idea going in you know I had a couple green guys that never even been to conventions but they just kind of fell into their place and they found their niche and with a little bit of direction man they they just crushed it and a couple of my guys I was just hands off like uh, Dan Hack, Napalm Lungs, and Chance. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, that dude helps so Solid much. Dude. Solid dude. We 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 call it the Great Wi-Fi Meltdown of 2022 on Saturday. <laughs> where we, at, at the uh, at the printers, man, everybody just o- overloaded the server. We found out what the problem was afterwards, but the problem was Brian Neal. That was the problem. Always. <laughs> you you overloaded the servers, dude. I did unfortunately but yeah those guys handled it well and then um a couple of my friends volunteering came up a couple elizabeth's friends flew in and handled like the front lines and stuff and man everyone just they were on point gabe i was i was really really impressed with how the team worked personally you know not not i mean they deserve a lot of credit because i think as a team we held it together and we held it down but uh, all the artists were great, too. I mean, everybody knows what to do. Like, a lot of the guys that came in, they just know what to do. They've been doing this so long. So there wasn't really any issues or questions. And I think it was a great dynamic because we had quite a mix of people that were doing their first show and then guys who've been doing this for 30 years. So I think it worked really well um, having different influences from both directions, like the new school um, inspiring recording old, and old school inspiring the new school oh we have two games online now you've multiplied i'm in the background though i'll uh, i'll keep my mouth shut from here and out cheers everybody oh no unless you, can, unless, unless you need me you can jump in anytime but uh yeah it, it was a great show and um i'm glad y'all appreciate it so yeah getting back to it so you've been uh making any machines lately since uh, all this crazy shit is uh, kind of subsided now? Who, me? Yeah. So, I mean, six months up into the, the convention, that was just my whole life. I was trying to tattoo and build machines while doing that, and I, I, I don't recommend it. It's way <laughs> too much chaos. Yeah. Especially, my <laughs> yeah. Well, add a tattoo convention on top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a whole other yeah. level of, like... Man, there was a point where I'm like, oh my god, if I fuck this up, my whole career is just shot, dude. Everyone's gonna hate me in this industry. <laughs> so there, there was that weighing upon me like for six months. I think I aged like 20 years in six months. You were great, don't worry. But uh, <laughs> so no, I well, yeah, I built um, I think I only built like three or four machines during that that six month period. <laughs> to <laughs> they were uh, trophy machines. Oh, now, now you're like you're you're going back to normal you're 
getting out of that mindset, like, you know, hopping back in the, in the basement and making some stuff, you know? So, yeah, I came back and from the show and I just went right back to work. I had scheduled yeah. appointments already. Like, yeah. an idiot. I didn't take any time to decompress. And I just went back to that machine mode, dude. I went right in the basement and I, I had this, uh, I'm working on some new production machines. Hold on, honey. I'm working on these new production machines. And uh, when I when I sent the CAD drawing over, it must have been 10% too small for the shader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. the test plate back. And it was actually the perfect geometry for a micro liner. So I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let this go to waste. It's what I have laying here. So go with it. what this does. So I ripped it together and uh, yeah, that, that, I just what you, what, 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 back to it, man. All, all the parts are just the sides. This is side place. Cause I have, I have most of my stuff built around the same geometry. I don't like to stray too far. Yeah. Why would you? And this is kind of like a high, <laughs> like why figure it out every single time? Put a liner on a shader base and just stretch the A bar and it, you know, it's a fucking <laughs> jackhammer. Oh, which uh, what what side was it? Uh, the strong arm. Okay. So it wasn't. Was, go ahead. That's the one I was kind of helping you with, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You mapped out. Um, you catted that out. I finally found someone to do that for me. Oh, okay. So they redrew it, or no? Like, I redrew. I, it. I redrew it on the iPad. Okay. And then I, I guess porting it over to his system, it dropped 10% somewhere. Wow. It's all the same, but it's just. It's <laughs> crazy. I was like, this is rad. And then I, I, I ordered it up to my liner jig and I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. It happens, man. Yeah. It's not like it's. Happy accidents. Yeah. One time I got a, I had a, for some reason i got a bunch of parts made and uh you know i wanted the bases three sixteenths and i wanted the the spring decks three sixteenths and i wanted the sides uh an eighth of an inch and i don't know what happened but those you know thicknesses got mixed up and i ended up with eighth inch bases sixteen <laughs> sides and I go and pick them up at the laser guy. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, I can't, I can't use this. And he goes, oh, well, well I didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> One I didn't do fault. anything. Like, I'm sending them to you. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, it was like a thousand dollar order or whatever. It was like tons oh, of stuff. Yeah. Like I got like 50 sets. It was like crazy. 750 bucks, something, something crazy. And he goes, oh, just, just give me like 300 bucks and just take them. And I was like, all right. So now I got like a bag of these like J frames that are like three sixteenths thick, like <laughs> super, and like you know, and the base plates are like super thin. I mean, I use like eighth now I use eighth inch base base plates, but that's another story, you know. But how are you supposed to use like an eighth inch like, uh, you know, spring deck? Like I can't do nothing with that. I seen yeah. Spiderweb do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I made I made some, but like you know, from practical. Like, I, I may have I may Double have up. a couple of them, but like you know, them up. Weird, man. Them up. There you go. Double them up, man. <laughs> I did. You were Sherlock Holmes <laughs> machine. I, I I'm pretty sure <laughs> I tripled. I wish I, I wish I had one here. I'd show it to you. 
It was like, yeah, they were ridiculous. Ridiculous. But uh, I got the, you know, I got the parts that I actually needed and life goes on. But that's a big reason why I stopped like, you know, you know, subbing stuff out. Because <laughs> if you're going to fuck it up, you fuck it up yourself. Right. You know? Like, Sorry, I forget. I, I you got a little girl there. I'm cursing and stuff. Friendly this morning, I guess. She, she uh she's stuck to me like glue. She won't go. So <clears throat> I get to have a play date. So the three sixteen side plates. You said you have three sixteenths of inch Rogers side plates. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that was his standard. I I I remember. Yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of people, a lot of guys use three sixteenths, but I always went for like eighth inch. Yeah, I do eighth now. Yeah, the three sixteenths, they're bulky, man. They're heavy. Like some of the bigger J frames I built, they were like a pound when I was first hand cutting the big J's. All right, hold on a sec. Come on, you gotta, you gotta go wait. Oh, fucking guys, you go. Go. Yeah, I got the bug guys coming by to like spray my yard. <laughs> I'm like, what is this beeping? There's like somebody backing up into my driveway. Um. <clears throat> So, uh, Brian, yes, sir. Machines. What's up? How long you been making machines for? Uh, I guess a few years now. Uh, I, I started trying to build machines a while back when I started tattooing, maybe 20 years ago. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. I didn't yeah. know much about the geometry. I just thought I'd give it a shot based off of a couple of frames that, you know, I had and, you know, me and a buddy started trying to weld stuff up and yeah, they were, they were turds. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't tattoo a cat with them. Um, so I kind of put that down for a long time. Uh, when me and Jamie started stay gold, you know, we started talking more about it and, you know, we got together, I got a big shop, uh, at my house, you know, with, uh, fabrication equipment, welding, uh, all that. And so, yeah, I guess a few years ago, got back into it. That's and cool. Jamie provided me with the knowledge on how to actually do this shit right. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got a coil winder, um, you know, which I'm terrible at winding coils, I'll tell you. But uh, what I bring to it is, you know, the metal work, uh, welding, metal finishing, mm-hmm. doing powder coating and everything. And that's that's my main thing there. Um, I do cool. assemble, you know, all my own stuff. and But, uh Yeah. So I guess it's been a few years now that, that uh, you know, I've been actually actively building. But uh, Jamie's been building a bit longer than me. And, you know, honestly, like the machines that are my daily drivers, he built for me. So I've learned a lot from him. But, yeah, I guess yeah, about three years now that I've That's really cool. been really been building. So not all that long, honestly. But man, it's been, uh, been a while built a lot of shit yeah so what is your do you have a background in like uh fabrication as well yeah. as yeah i you know build cars hot rods you know work on vehicles um you know that kind of thing so mostly just yeah welding and fabrication is uh you know what i bring to it for the most part uh, right. yeah you incorporate all those skill sets in that you yeah. require life and you don't even realize it how you can apply it to different 
techniques and principles in your life. Mm-hmm. Like I think about what I build sometimes. Like the thing that I'm doing now, where did I learn that? Like, how did I learn to weld? And mm-hmm. then I was the same, same as, <clears throat> I did the same thing as you, Brian. I, I built cars, I built motorcycles, and I started yep. out with a MIG welder, which, you know, is super dirty for small stuff and then someone's like hey dude you're doing that little stuff you should try a tig welder and i was like what's that so i just harbor freighted one and experimented and figured it out but yeah crazy i didn't realize that um at the time that i wouldn't be able to incorporate it and then you know light bulb goes off and then there it is yeah no i was like uh you know in my 20s i had my kids and quit playing in bands and stayed at home and I was like all right well what am I going to do now well let's build some cars and then I realized I sucked at welding so I was like all right well let me you know go take a college course and welding so I did that um I really liked it and um you know yeah then now it's carrying over into the machine building and yeah that's that's been great I you know I feel like that's my strongest suit you know when it comes to you know, the machine building is just, uh, yeah, the metal work, um, you know, and trying to stay out of Jamie's way. <laughs> he's uh, he's the one when it comes to the geometry, and, and this guy's a fucking wizard, man, I'm telling you. And I've learned a lot in, in a short period of time, and sometimes it's hard for me to, you know, learn a lot of stuff and to try to get good at things. You know, I really got to, you know, take a lot of time. But uh, I feel like, you know, he's, he's been able to pass a lot of that information as far as the geometry and setting things up and how shit actually works. Um, I feel like I've picked it up pretty well. And I, I think I've built about 30 machines or so in the last couple of years or so. That's and cool. you have one now. Yes, I do. He built me a Rogers, uh, the gold uh, J-frame. It's really cool. That's powder coated, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a cool piece. Now you hand wound the coils. You built that frame, the whole deal. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I welded the frame together. Um, I probably had <laughs> my uh, apprentice Haley do the coils. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dude, I'm telling you, I can't wind coils for shit. I've tried thirty times, forty times, fifty times, however many times. All, all I do is waste wire. Like I can't get it i don't know like i said some things are hard for me you know what i mean yeah but uh, no this we got this uh this winder at the shop like we got it bolted onto the drawing table and you know if i need some coils i'm like all right Haley, go ahead and wind me up some coils and she'll make me a pile of them in like 20 minutes it's crazy uh all the rest of the guys at the shop can do it and uh I, for some reason winding coils i suck at <laughs> I, I can't do it <laughs> You know, I know I need to put more time into it and try to be patient, but uh, man, it's tough. It's yeah, really hard. I hate wanting coils. Well, I hate building the whole sets of coils. That's like my least favorite thing to do. I'm going to start sending them to Haley and have her just spin them for me, too. Dude, I'm telling you, you should really. Yeah. I'll, bring, I'll bring you a set this weekend of her coils and you can check them out. When, when I used to build for Kingpin back in the day, they, w- they would order like 20, 40 machines at a clip. And I would have to sit down and, you know, wind 80 coils and shrink wrap them. And it's just, yeah, no, I don't do that anymore, dude. I, I'll do like one machine at a time, one set at a time. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the 20th one. It's a, it's just a muscle memory. Like, you just like, you got to do like a hundred, like, like 50 sets or something like that. Yeah. And you get like 20 in. You're like, all right. I got like a, I get, I always get like a little piece of like masking tape and put it on my thumb. So it like glides off my thumb, like all easy. Yeah. <laughs> you use a, uh, you use one of those, like, I see people using like a, a like it looks like a BG or a credit card or something. Yeah. You use one? I've never used one. Little uh, plastic razors. Plastic razors. Yeah, they're plastic. like, they're kind of hard to hold, but uh, that's kind of what we've been using. Like, or you can kind of cut a card or something, shape it like to fit your hand a little bit. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys using the uh, the body filler squeezies, the yellow things. Yeah, a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bondo yeah. Uh, paddle. Yep. So, what I've learned, because I just freehand them, <clears throat> and there's a couple of things that I learned. Um, the first, and I've seen this. Seth does it too. The further back you pull the wire, it leads in better. So I, I don't even, honestly, I don't even touch the wire. And I can hand. I have a hand control for my speed. So once I get that first um, wine set or layer, <coughs> I, I I can just burn that whole coil without stopping. Do you have yeah. an electric winder? What's that? You have an electric winder yeah. or hand crank electric. I have an old Eins, I N N E S winder. Yeah, it, that I modified. It's basically a sewing machine motor. Is all it is. Like but a little. It has a reset on it. So I'll hold the wire in one hand, like, and I'll pull my chair way back, probably like six feet back, because you know I got a wingspan. And then I'll hold my speed dial, and while I'm spinning it, as soon as I get to the end, I'll roll it down wait for it to cross back and then i blast it but sometimes i could just blast them you know and i talked to aaron um kane several years back like i went on to this whole coil tangent trying to figure it all out like what's the perfect set of wines and matched ohms and um he just he broke it down to me he's like as long as you're within 10 wines you're fine so that made me a little sloppier on my winding and I never noticed any difference between my perfect wines and like sometimes I'll get a collapse on the ends. Dude, you can hand spin them on like and it'll work. You know, it'll look like shit. It won't be perfect, but it'll still work. But coil covers. Let me go, right? <laughs> I mean, I get what Brian's saying. It, it, it's tough. I don't use the card and I'm by no ways perfect by no means perfect, but I, you know, I could wind a perfect coil and I get excited when I do, cause I just freehand them in like, Hey, it worked again. <laughs> you don't but, use yeah. a foot pedal tone? No, I don't. I like wired mine for a foot pedal years ago. Yeah, I probably should, but I can't, now that I've been doing it for like 20 years on this Heinz, I, I have like a touch, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 The way I do it. It's almost like, <laughs> has like a variable speed yeah it has a real tight tight rio stat on it so i could walk it down those pedals to me seem like they're more on offy but i could be wrong i made you a line out of uh there was this guy i don't know if you remember this dude named uh paul flurry he used to uh he used to do all the design the cad design and the machining for pulse a long time ago the and name sounds familiar. When is like Chronos or something like on eBay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, 
he used to sell parts and stuff and he had uh he had these winders for sale they were just like hand crank winders yeah and uh <clears throat> i was doing that for a while when i first started like hand cranking them and shit and then like i was like fuck this dude like i'm starting to get like popeye arm sort of look like a fucking fiddle crab like you know like <laughs> you know like my i'm like this is enough so i had an old uh i had a, a what do you call it um not a media, uh, really, uh, what are those fucking things you put rocks in a rock tumbler? Sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> but, uh, I had a rock tumbler and I took it apart and I took the motor out of it and it had like a little, like, pulley system. Yeah. And I just took like two blocks of wood and <laughs> made this thing. And I've rolled every single coil on it ever since. And, so- it had, and it's still, and it's like, it, it's just one speed. And it has a uh, just like a little rubber belt and like a little pulley, yeah. and, and this little tiny motor, <coughs> and uh, it's got a foot pedal, and I've been using that ever since. And uh, I've never used the card thing. I just have like I, I drill a hole. I drill a hole through like the piece of wood, and the wire comes up through the hole, and I steady it with my thumb and go back and forth. With your like, thumb? Yeah, like I just <laughs> use the use the tip of my thumb. And like I said, you put like a piece of masking tape on there so it glides a little bit better. And it, you know, protects your thumb. (laughs) It doesn't hurt. What you guys are saying is that uh, I need to stop screwing off and get back to winding coils. You're saying that. We're not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I mean, there's a purist mentality out there in some way. Try left-handed, right-handed, like all this kind of thing. Do it with your toes. Yeah, well, he's trying to make I mean, them. And, and, <laughs> every good tattoo machine builder makes coils with their toes, dude. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. Apparently not the right thing. But, oh, I'm, um, uh, you know, come Monday morning, I'm on it, Greg. <laughs> yeah, man. Hop on it, dude. It's like, you get it. It's, it's, dude, listen. We're all just fucking trained monkeys, man. We just do tattoos. <laughs> We're not that smart. We got it. You can get it. <laughs> like, you know, it's no big deal. Repetition. We always say that. Repetition, man. Try and try again. Yeah. Repetition is the path to mastery. Well, the thing is, when you're talking to other builders, too, you could pick up tricks and tips and make life easier. And you take that back and you think about it and process it and turn it to your own process. Yeah. The best tape, the best tip here is masking tape. Um, masking <laughs> tape. Oh, It'll help, man. Right, I'm going to try that shit. <laughs> masking tape. <laughs> Yeah, we'll reconvene next month and talk about masking tape thumb. I'm gonna We're try gonna it. The name of the podcast it's uh, <laughs> machines, magnetism, and masking thumb. Hey, thumb. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. The big X. Yeah. That's what it's gonna be. Yeah, machine builder thumbs. So uh them. the stuff that you guys are uh Jamie, uh you uh, I didn't know this, but I guess uh, you you uh you build machines with Brian. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. He's the welder guy. Like I'm the geometry and coil guy, but he he's the one that does the main welding. So he's pretty hands on with that stuff. Like, okay, cool. Oh, you're the Chong to his Cheech. Yeah, dude. Oh God. shit. Okay. Dude. <laughs> he's Tweedledee. I'm Tweedledum. <laughs> and uh, how long you been messing with machines? 
Um, I've been actually messing with them for a while, even before, kind of before I started tattooing, man, I had a couple like shitty Chinese machines I would like take apart, you know, and kind of, they had, they were like, the coils were made out of like aluminum wire and shit. It was crazy, but, uh, yeah, I would just kind of take them apart and see how they fucking were put together. Burn burn your hand off. (laughs) (laughs) How did they work? Like, yeah, we're like two gloves. And they're getting better with that shit. Now they're, like, fucking crazy with it. But, like, 10 years ago, it was garbage, you know? But the, the buy, buy $100 worth of supplies, get a free $6 machine. Dude, it's killing fucking... Dude, people are buying machines. It's all fucking Amazon like crazy now, you know? Get you old- that deal. Uh, you buy $500 worth of stuff, <clears throat> and you get a free, like, coil machine. Yeah. And one time I did that, and I got one, and it was actually fucking awesome. Turns out it was made by Jerry Rieger. <laughs> <laughs> really? It was fucking amazing. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. They like must have was- ran out of Chinese shit and just grabbed on a Jerry's by accident. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Like he was making them. He was. They were. They weren't like Chinese or nothing. They were really, really oh, good. No. Machines. Yeah, no Jerry. Yeah. But you no, know, he was like. You know, he, Jerry, he was Jerry, dude. He was putting together good stuff. But, like, it Fucking looked like, you know, stuff that he wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, primo parts or anything. But it, like, hit great. Like, didn't have to fuck with it at all. Yeah. Well, Bill and Jerry, I mean, they were on point back in the day when they were working together at Kingpin. And yep. Jerry's the one who got me in the loop um, with the distribution deals with Kingpin. Um, I did Jerry's seminars back in the day, and that it's just – they changed the game for builders, man. Like <clears throat> parts wise, Bill had a connection down in Southern Florida. And those guys, Jerry was designing the parts, handing the CADs over to Bill and Bill would have a manufactured bulk. And then he would send shit to us to try out. So Bill was picking people's brains and <clears throat> doing yeah. good stuff, man. You know, I think, uh, Aaron continued on the journey and then there's, who runs South Stage Supply? Oh, uh, Reese, I think. South State? South State, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Toby Reese. Toby, yeah. Bill turned me on to Toby a couple years back, and Toby just picked up the ball and ran with it, too. Right, and he's not – He I think he's just an engineer, right? He's not like a tattooer. Um, I don't think – He's just an engineer, I think. Well, a lot of those – well, like saying somebody is just an engineer is like <laughs> I he makes the machines. That's, that's yeah. not just like, an engineer, probably just don't hip top shit. So there's not much you can do about that. But you're, but you're I get, I get not a tattooer. All right, yeah. I gotta it, take a minute. I gotta check on my daughter, Greg. Can you handle this sec? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I can. And why some people might not even want to use a machine from if they're not a tattooer, they're kind of like, Why are you making money off the industry? But if it's top tier shit, I mean, no, dude, they're in the, they're in the industry, we all got making, uh, proper stuff, you know, they're providing yeah. us with the shit we need. So, but I good machines are good machines, who cares, man? Like, yeah, you know, there's those machines, and they're like, Dude, I'm not touching that thing, they're like, You know, wait, um, so. What did you say? I said, um, I've, I've handed those machines because I have one of his machines and I've handed them to tattooers and they're just like, I'm not touching that thing, you know, just because I guess they're not tattooers. 
hey, man, their loss. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, like, listen, I'm not a I'm not a hater, man. I take I take notes. You know, yeah. if somebody makes like a good machine, if somebody is an engineer, especially if they're an engineer, like you pay attention to that person. I yeah. mean, what money off the industry or not is like not for me to judge. You know, people can use them. People cannot use them. They can make machines. They cannot make machines. It's not up to me. You know, yeah. I didn't thing, and I'm definitely not going to end it. But, you know, I know I know where I stand as far as like being a tattooer. Like, you know, I'll, I'll fucking smoke motherfuckers at walk ins. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but that's neither here nor there. Like, you know, it's important to like support who you want to support. But at the same time, like if you can learn something from somebody, that's cool, too. You know, like I don't I don't see that dude as doing anything different than anybody else did. I mean, he's doing cool stuff. That's cool. You know, there's that dude, uh, you know, Austin uh, in uh, New England somewhere. And uh, AMR. AMR. Makes, AMR. Yeah. Makes killer shit. I don't think that guy tattoos. No, you know? but yeah, he like CNC's the stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's all pretty good geometry and shit. It's, it's all CNC though. Yeah, but fuck it, man. If it works, it yeah. works. Yeah. Well, I don't use CNC. Yeah. I make every single thing by hand. But that doesn't make me cooler than everybody else. It doesn't make my machine yeah. better than. That just means that's my process. You, you know, put a little passion into it, maybe though. I mean, you're hand making it. You got more time into it. Yeah, but you know, passion is relevant to like who is there to like give a shit about it. Yeah. You know, people don't care. I mean, I'm. I, I, it, it takes me like months to make tattoo machines. Months. You know, if I make twenty, it takes me three months. But that doesn't mean anybody has to like it. It doesn't mean it certainly doesn't mean anybody has to buy them. It's right. no big deal. And if you if even if you don't buy them, I'm still going to be making them. I'm a tattoo machine builder. <laughs> it's like it's no big deal. But there's something we can learn from everyone. You know, like you, you can you can learn from Austin. You can learn from the South State dude. Like it's no big deal. I think those dudes are cool. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I think what they're doing is pretty cool. And if they're like if, if anybody thinks that they're like you know, thinning out or like, you know, watering out like some kind of, uh, you know, like they're, they're like watering up like the, or diluting. That's the fucking word I'm looking for. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're like, you know, doing or something. That's all it's, it's really all relevant to who thinks that way. Or like, if you think that way, I don't think that I think what they're doing is cool. Do, do what you're doing, man. Who cares? You know, if you're confident in what you do, you don't care. I think that that's to me, like, I just, I don't really care what everybody else is doing. I'm only doing what I'm doing, you know? And I think if everybody embraced that same mentality, you know, we can all learn from one each other, one another, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing, but who cares really? I mean, we all been tattooing a million years, you know, we're going to tattoo a million more years, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, tattooing ain't going nowhere, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it, well, no, I agree. I think, uh, and, you know, going back to uh, talking about eminent supply, you know, that dude's a tattooer. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Tony brought up uh, Jerry Rieger earlier. Yeah. That guy carrying on stuff that, you know, he, he uh, learned from working with him. Mm -hmm. He's still doing his thing. Um, <laughs> a lot of my parts I get from uh, eminent supply. And what's, uh, Aaron, what, what Aaron, the guys? Aaron Bloomquist. Aaron Bloomquist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he makes good shit. He's a solid cat. Like, you know, 
I only had like one minor issue with a couple of things. And he's like, Oh crap, I put the wrong shit in the bag here. I'm going to send it to you. No problem. Yeah. You know, stand up guy is doing his thing. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, makes good shit. And, you know, we make cool shit out of what, uh, what he's supplying us with. And yeah, I think he's a solid cat. It's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got stuff from South state AMR also, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've built stuff off of all those guys shit, you know, and, yeah, um, you know, sometimes like with the machines that we do, you know, we you want some really nice cast frames? Look mm-hmm. up uh Joe McVeigh. Joe McVeigh. Yeah, that okay. dude is ripping out real nice uh Wagners, nice Jonesies, nice Bulldogs, all cast. You can you can get them uh milled and drilled, or you can get them plain, like mm-hmm. you know. Get him like a like basically raw, raw. Yeah, he makes really really nice stuff. He's real low key. He will never like promote himself on here, and he'd probably be super pissed if he even heard that I said his name on here. <laughs> like, What's his name again? One more time. Joe Mc, McVeigh. Joe <laughs> McVeigh. He's All from right. Missouri. From Springfield. That dude's amazing, uh, and he makes really really good stuff. I have a little. I have a little collection of raw frames uh, from him, and he makes super nice stuff. Are you going to build on them, or are you just hanging on to those? Man, uh, <clears throat> I would like to build on to them, but I have, like, I, I don't really collect a lot of machines, but I like to collect parts from people, mm-hmm. uh, like an Ernie Carafa raw frame. No no, no holes in it or nothing like oh, that. Oh, really? I have cool. a bunch of Mike Wilson parts uh, that we've, like, traded over the over the last couple years. Um Actually, Mike Wilson just gave me a raw, like, uh, Juan Puente frame. It was like really? a bench frame. And uh, it's got no vice on it. It's got the, the, the front and everything, but it's got, look, I'm looking at this, like, I'm, he's like, yeah, you should build this up. I'm like, I'm never fucking building this. This thing is old. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, never yeah, put that shit on the shelf, man. Yeah, it's really cool. That's so, cool. Uh, I've been kind of, like, I, you know, I try to tell people, like, if you, like, really, like, for real, like, you know, this dude is doing, like, he's doing lost wax casting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these guys that are doing lost wax casting are subbing it out to other, uh, other shop, uh, or, you know, machine shops oh, or whatever. sorry, sir, that was weird. I just, uh, for some reason, the recording just stopped. Hey, Tony, could you just uh, accept the, uh, the host? I apologize about this. This is like the guy in the black shirt running across real quick. Um, I tried to I tried to make you host Tony, but it seems like it stopped the recording. It's still going out, but um, I don't see anything anywhere. You should. Oh, it says that's your host. Okay, so you are now host. Is there any way for you to click record by chance? Or to the cloud or computer? Oh, wait, I've got it right here. Record. Please ask the host to give you permission to record. Is there a way for you to click the three dots on the bottom? I could I could take it back. It says stop live stream. That's no, cool. don't do that. Huh. Are you on the computer? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's great. Um, so that just if you go up to uh oh, the, the I think there's three little dots on the lower right hand corner for like options. It says more and it only says stop live stream. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's go far, far away from that. Maybe if you just go up to the top where it says uh, meeting. And then uh, 
on the very top of, and then it'll go down. There's a the last one is says record. The last option says record. Yeah, record on this computer or record yeah. cloud. Um, record on the computer. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to back out. And uh, <laughs> so now you have the app. When you click, when you guys are done, you can click end meeting for all. It'll end it on the on the live stream too. And then I'll edit this out. Cheers. Sorry to break your uh, concentration there, Greg. That's okay. Um, so what I was saying was uh, a lot of guys would get lost, wax casts done, and they're getting it subbed out to another place. Or they get sand casting done, they get it subbed out to another place. But this dude does it all, and it's an incredible process if you've ever uh, looked up uh, the lost wax process um, or, uh, or what they call investment casting. It's really fucking cool, and he does it, and he's so fucking low-key about it. And uh, he is constantly, constantly casting new stuff, and it's super awesome. I just picked up some Jonesies that were uh, cast in, uh, in bronze, I think, from him. And they're really, really nice. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find them. Hold on. Yeah, speaking of collecting castings... Um... I just I picked up a machine off of Bernard, you know Bernard's Garage. Oh yeah, Denmark. Yeah, those. Are cool. Is that navy brass? Uh, I think it's bronze. It's bronze. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I got some um, Jonesies off of Jack Spratt back in the day. They were yellow brass. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, I hit them with I hit them with my meal, and they turned to bubble gum with my mill. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I went to deck them, and they were just like, bling. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. are these are really fucking cool, man. Um, this is you know the liner that he makes. Is that a is that a round back? Later. Yeah, there's a round back. There's a round back. Here's square back. Yeah, square back. I love the round backs. But yeah, they're really cool. And uh, if you give me a second, I'll see exactly where he's from. Joseph McVeigh, Fairgrave, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, that dude, that dude rules. He's super awesome. Um, and uh, but from what I can tell, like, I th- I mean, I don't know. There, there very well maybe other people that do it, but he's the only person I know that is doing that process in house. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. You know, like pe- you know, like sand casting uh, and lost wax casting for me is probably like the last thing besides like, you know, owning a CNC center that I could do to like make a tattoo machine. Like I've made them every other way, you know? So, uh, it'd be cool to get. Yeah, I've never, I've never done anything like that. I've seen it, uh, casting yeah. and the whole process, but man, that's like super old school shit. Yeah. It's real. real. It's it's awesome. Awesome. That's Oh, go ahead, Jane. Oh, sorry. Have you ever guys ever tried like the different sides, like the bake light or plastic? I've seen people trying those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've built a shitload of them. I actually have about 400 base plates, Zeiss base plates. Yeah, I made some, uh, I made a, a couple bake light. Uh, There's one right there, Dan. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask about that. I didn't know if that was steel. No. I made awesome. bake light, uh, not bake light, uh, phenolic. A couple years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was making some aluminum sides and stuff, too. Uh, 
but at the same time, I was making these like phenolic sides, and they were like super thick, but they ran so crazy fast. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they're loud yeah. as shit too, man. That's yeah, something. super loud, super tinny. You know, uh, about vibration. Yeah, they vibrate. Oh, yeah. Dude, my arm, my arm totally <laughs> fell off. Dude. I was tattooing. I was, no more arm. Vibrated right off. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I built on um, cast frames. When I first started, I fabricated out of some angle iron. And then I took the design and I had boards made. And, it, and through trial and, trial and error, it, like some of my favorite machines were Mickey Sharps. And they were all cast ductile iron. So I kind of modeled my builds off of his metallurgy and his materials. So I went with ductile cast. And what I've noticed is it's a softer material in low carbon. So it, it, it once you anneal it, it uh, aligns the carbon particles in such a way that it, it, it works better for magnetism. And uh, it took the vibration out. Like a lot of my older machines, you know, I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything. I'm just explaining this, but I've noticed the difference between 1018, 1010, 12L14 and cast gray cast ductile cast like ductile for me as far as vibration um was the way to go and that's kind of what i've always stuck with that and you know for custom builds 1018 just because it's readily available yeah um and it welds like butter too but uh oh yeah the uh the plastic dude it's it's a novelty thing to me, like, yeah, you could tattoo with it. And I have guys that request them. I've built, when Mike Skyver's museum burned down, he had actually lent me an original Zeiss Bakelite to spec out. So I spec'd it out and I built copies. And what I did was I built like clear, you'll see a lot of them out there. They're clear side plates. Yeah. I did that for Mike in order to raise money to help him get him back on his feet after the museum burned down. I just saw him. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a pagoda. What's that? I just saw Mike a couple weeks ago, a pagoda. Pagoda, yeah, he stopped. Uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was a rubber city. He'll probably probably be in Wheeling this weekend, or not yeah, Wheeling. Yeah, Morgantown. Yeah, he said he's going to be there. He said he's gonna he's got some of those uh, Paul Rogers machines that yeah. uh, you refurbished for him. So yeah, I'm gonna try to get tattooed by him again this weekend. Yeah, he's bringing a lot of that stuff down to tattoo with. I think yeah. I have one of those like bake light machines down there, Jamie. I'll bring it down. Or not bake light, but it, I used PVC clear plastic, and then I used this shit called Garolite. But Garolite has like a weird clothy texture that I had to grind off, so I don't recommend that. I can even do yeah. a piece that you can mess Fun with. Fact. Fun fact: Garolite is another name for phenolic. Oh, same phenolic. thing. Oh. It. Same shit. Yep. Yeah, I have like three sixteenth black, three sixteenth inch black. Um, if you remind me, I'll bring you a piece. Yeah, like it's like it's the same thing, but it's like it all it is is resin and cloth. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like resin. Mm -hmm. Got like a not texture, but it's got like this fucking like design on the top of it. Like a little pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's almost kind of like Kevlar, the way that, that works. Yeah. It's like a mesh kind of it's thing like, with like a compound, I guess. <laughs> you know? 
So you guys were talking about cash machines and one of my influences, Bernard, uh, Bernard's garage over in uh, Denmark. And uh, I got in touch with him. He did a, he did a build, a Rogers build. And you know, I love Rogers. He made that for you? Awesome. Well, I don't think he made it for me, but I bought it from him. And then we started a conversation and um, he actually sent me. Oh, wow. Some dog raws oh nice he had two one smoked but he's like you know he's 70 i think he's 76 bernard cool yeah he's old he's older oh yeah he's 76 for real either 71 or 76 i can't recall i'd have to go back but uh, uh was on we were just going back and forth his english is kind of broken he was sending me pictures of his workshop and telling me stories and stuff he, he's super nice man i didn't realize you that know, guy, holy shit wow that's awesome he makes some real following him for, yeah well that's if you look at my stuff you could tell that's who my main influence is him paul rogers without a doubt yeah so it, it, it was flattering to have a conversation with him in such a cordial manner because I, I hold him in the highest regards as far as my career is concerned in, in that aspect of things. And I think he falls in line with Paul Rogers to me. Like he's just one of those guys that I think deserves respect from me. Definitely. So I, I was flattered by that, but yeah, if you look at his stuff, you can see where some of my moves came from. And I, I you know, I look at his stuff and I see where his moves come from mm-hmm. and, it's just it's how it can works. You show, can you show can you show us that cast again? Yeah, the uh the Sailor Jerry. No, is that what story behind this? So is it a Des Connolly? I don't know. Let me see if you guys want to talk, I'll try and bring up the conversation. Cause yeah, that's killer, man. Well tell, tell us two of those. I believe these are out of the bucket from China Sea. They're the ones that, uh, if, if they're out of the bucket, that's one of the ones that Jerry had cast in Australia. Scott Sterling will tell that story. Okay, so I have to get a hold of Scott then. Yeah, Scott Scott told me that story in, uh, on the phone once. Because yeah. uh, I had read about it. Well, tell me the story because I don't know. And uh, because Scott was telling the story in his interview. And he posted something about a streamliner or something about i don't know and I, I commented on there and he called me up right away and like we talked about it for about an hour i'm sitting in my car out in front of the shop talking to him about it and he told me that like jerry had them cast by a guy i'm pretty sure the guy's name was des Connolly. Des Connolly, yeah in uh in uh australia somewhere and uh had them shipped over to hawaii and when uh mike malone bought uh jerry's shop he just had like buckets of the things, you know, like he had tons of them. So that's when, you know, Mike Malone and Scott Sterling went to work, you know, finishing up these casts and, you know, making, uh, making like, you know, the sailor Jerry Bulldog as right. we know, it, you know, but that's sick. If it's like, if that's an original cast, like that's amazing. That's super awesome. All right. I, I, I found the conversation. There are two streamliner frames in, but a lot of work to do on this sandcast frames. 
The one, this is a cast many years ago, was one from Collector in Switzerland. They're sending to me to do some work. It was from Sailor Jerry. You gonna do anything with those? What's that? Are you gonna do anything with those? Yeah. I'm gonna oh. walk her right <laughs> on my desk. <laughs> In the, keep them in your drawer. Yo, send them shits <laughs> to me. Frames too. <laughs> I got spider web blanks. I got carafa blanks. Like I knew through all the years, man. Like, hey, hey, listen, we don't live forever, you know. Yeah. And I see what this shit's worth. Paul was selling his machines for two hundred sixty-five dollars, and he wow. was conventions with brown bags of them. Mm-hmm. Now look with five thousand, seven thousand, ten thousand. Yeah. He's gone, yeah. man. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. That's and, awesome. And so you have one that's good and you have another one that's not, not so good? So I have one that's – they started to deck it back here. Okay. That's it. It Yeah, it's super clean. And oh, there's one, one flat surface to work from. That's cool. Someone whacked it with the mill. You can see it. Oh, uh, uh, wow. That sucks. <laughs> I could braze fill that and just use it, you know, but I'm not, you know, it came from Bernard. It came right. from Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> he gave you paid for them or he gave those to you? He gifted them. What a fucking wow. what a gem. What a That's super incredible. That's incredible. That is awesome. I bought this. That's awesome, man. And yeah, it's, I like how he does this little wax stamp here. Oh wow, it's like Maker's Mark. Yeah, it's, he's fucking, he's something. He's a class act. And then he sent me this signed card, but he must have signed it with like water pen. Yeah. <laughs> so blown <Even> out. <laughs> his signature is just like his machines. <laughs> yeah, there was a stamp on here too. Yeah, 2021. It says Bernard. You can see Denmark. But yeah, that's yeah. I like collecting those old casts because they give you inspiration. You know, Jamie, like when you first start out, that's I I was inspired by national machines. I was inspired by Jack Armstrong machines. So I bought these machines and I, I copied them. Even when I met Skyver, I'd be like, oh my God, that Bakelite's really cool, man. And he'd be like, well, here, take it. Just bring it back. And I'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Learn from how it's constructed. You know, tear it down, put it back together. And you know, Brian, when you build hot rods, it's the same thing. You rip down a motor, you learn about it. And then the next time, you know, the repetition. Yeah, try to put it back together better. And yep. you start to analyze how it was made, how things work, what materials they are, you know, and you figure out you leave these little nuances and you apply that in, you know, you put that in your toolbox. So when you build, you have that shelf ready to roll, depending on the type of build you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I was fortunate to have the opportunity that when I first started my career, um, I was poor. I couldn't afford to buy a machine complete together, tuned, built. I had to buy kit form <laughs> national and it was like 80 bucks or 200 bucks. Of course, I scraped 80 bucks and I learned how to put a machine together. So that kind of piqued my interest and started me on my journey to where (coughs) I knew I could could build. And then, you know, as I evolved, as we talked about the welding, how you add that in your arsenal, I started to figure things out. 
you know, with the casting, I wanted to learn about casting. So I went down the rabbit hole. I wanted to learn about Rogers. I went down his rabbit hole. Yeah. And that's just kind of what happens. Your cast stuff is like beautiful. All the stuff that you, you ever made, like sand cast. Yeah. Like hands down, some of the nicest casts I've ever seen. Yeah. Just, where did you learn that? Where, who did you go to when, when that time came? What's that? The casting. I just, back then we had yellow pages, dude. I just picked up the phone book and started thumbing through. And I live in Pittsburgh in a field town. So there's foundries, machine shops, metallurgists. Um, And then we had the internet started too. And I just went online and, you know, I started picking people's brains, making phone calls. Nobody wanted to deal with me back in the day. They're like tattoo machine, not at school. But then I knew a place in Pittsburgh that's all they did. I tattooed a guy who worked at Saxonburg Foundry when they were around. They're about half hour north of Pittsburgh. He was he was casting me these gray, gray um, church frames and C frames in the very beginning, and those are all the ones that fucking broke at the vice. Yeah, wrong I got material. Those. He so. gave me. One. I braised the I braised the uh, I braised the new tube vice on it, and then uh, I never put it together. <laughs> So it's like that's sitting around. So I sold a bunch of those through Kingpin and they all came back. And I'm like, why the fuck are these all breaking? And then the wrong iron. What iron are they using? How much magnesium are they putting in it? Like, et cetera, et cetera. So it just kind of, I just rolled through this haphazardly. I didn't have someone to say, you got to do this, 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 and this. It was a process that took multiple years to get to. So what they put too much magnesium or not enough? Well, it was just gray iron. They were cast them out of gray, which is super soft and porous, which is fucking fantastic, you know, as far as vibration and softness and machining. But there was no malleability or the word. They weren't malleable. So, like, you couldn't put it in a vice and smack it and it would bend. Yeah, it was was too Fucking shatter or crack in three pieces places like it would break Seth did the same thing back in the 90s he he did some first runs out of gray and those are all the ones that broken I know Aaron did some carving on those I have one and it broke same place same thing yeah you know and it was just a process of just diving into that rabbit hole Brian and just figuring out what worked for me and uh and I will say I've dealt with three foundries and each foundry's materials were different each foundry's processes were different so and and their lead times were different it was quirky i mean sometimes it'd take me two years to get frames like it fucked my career up at one point because people were bulk ordering you know 20 40 80 machines and i'm six months for cast and these people are getting pissed yeah that's part of the reason why i left kingpin because it just it became too much like yeah Money's great and all, but that's that's not why I'm in it. You know, I'm in a yeah. That's like super stress when you got way too much shit going on, man. But we have. I own all the boards still for most. Like uh, some were lost, so foundries around here shut down. You have to have boards made at each one, and on each board there's like six to eight frames. They'll cast six to eight, and then you have to have them anneal, whatever. This whole process and it takes a lot of time. Well. Casting isn't very prevalent in Pittsburgh anymore. So these foundries shut down. A lot of these guys work in this foundry circle. So they'll go from one to the other. This one shuts down. They'll go here. 
Fortunately, when the one shut down, the guy took my boards. Yeah. Shut down, that's it. You're you're fucked, dude. You know, I got thousands of dollars in boards. The guy took them. He still has them. He still he works with foundries in Pittsburgh. So we had a discussion yesterday about bringing some of these back. Actually, not bulk, but like limited runs. You know, really. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you guys want to do cast, I can hook you up with these. Guys. They're pretty solid. Um, I have a box of casts in the basement. I just haven't. I don't know. I just, I've been digging the one-off builds lately. So experimenting mm-hmm. with other things. So I haven't really. Yo, let me get a couple, man. Add them to my collection. I could send you a couple. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, made, uh, um, I got to get back in touch with them. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've always wanted to do is like is a first start out with sand casting and then move on to investment casting. They're similar processes, but they're very, very different. You know, I looked at I built a uh, I built a I don't not to call it a cupola, but I built a a furnace and I fired brass in it. I was able to melt brass. How did it work out? I bought this book offline like 10, 15 years ago. It shows you how to make one out of a five gallon bucket. And I probably have the same book. Yeah. Dude. Backyard, backyard. Yeah. Backyard cat and backyard casting. That's but, the kind of shit I'm into. Small yeah, red. Really, shit. I mean, I, it, it, it's not hard. And it runs off yeah. of like a propane tank. Yeah, just like a like a gas tank. Yeah, propane tank and a fucking shot vac. That's what I use to blow the air because you need high pressure yeah. air force. Yeah. No, mine's it? black and white. Oh like, yeah. Yankee, like someone printed out 24 page. Let me see it. What's it called? No, nah, mine's different. I'll see if I, I can. This is like the same thing, though, man. Dude, I bought this. bucks. <laughs> I bought this so long ago, and I was like, man, this is fucking nuts, dude. Like, look at that's like the one picture on there. And I'm like, looking at it, I'm like, ah, dude, this is crazy. That's a Coppola. This thing, this is what you made? That's for iron. No, see, that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to cast iron. I could only cast like bronze and brass. Right. Softer, softer metals. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's and where you got to throw borax in the mix to clean it. It's like a flux. Yeah. Well, that's where, I'm pretty sure that's where the magnesium comes into play. But the, for the, for the Coppola well, melting iron, man, you need, it's like long, high temperatures. And that's well, something. All right, so from how it was explained to me is like the magnesium comes into play because like if you've ever like burned magnesium like in science class or something. Yeah, that's what like, they burn through doors like the Navy SEALs. Isn't that correct? Right. So yeah. reach it, it reaches a certain the, – the metal reaches a certain point and a, a certain viscosity and a certain temperature, but then you hit it with magnesium and it really heats it up. Like, like, like yeah. it gets – like like water yeah so when you introduce the magnesium into it after a certain point that's what gets it super super hot but if and you that, introduce too much magnesium it'll make it super super hard right okay what i've learned too like you can hear it when you pick up like a like a cast like in, in three different examples it'd be like this when you hit it you can hear the sound resonate if it has too much too much magnesium it'll ting bright you know what yeah. i'm talking about Ding. yeah like a bell it's a neon it's like a, i call it a dead hit it's dead 
And that's yeah. what I look for. These, this doesn't feel annealed to me. Yeah. So I, I did want to ask you about that, Tony. If you, I mean, I, I know about the process of it, but um, you've been talking about kneeling, um, you know, a couple of times you brought that up. So would you care to explain what the process of annealing is versus hardening? If you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, we call Brian annealing. <laughs> so I had to do that. But... <laughs> funny guy in a quick layman's term annealing is a, a process it, it's heat in time so you take a fresh cast of iron machines ductile iron they put it in an oven the, the annealing company or the, the heat treating company and they'll bring it up to a, a certain temperature for a period of time and they'll let it sit then they'll bring it down 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 to, to cool and it, it's a process of heat versus time like the slope and what that does it in layman terms it, it aligns the carbon particles in such a way that it softens the metal and makes it more magnetically conducive to our process so if, if you were to take a fresh cast ductile iron machine and put it in your mill it's like it's the hardest thing you're ever going to try and mill dude it's like you can't put a drill bit through it it's it's brutal but if you anneal it it becomes like butter like and you can hear it like when you ting it when you you can actually like grind your thumb on it if you take some old tattoo machines like different ones and grind your grind your thumb on it you can feel like the softness of the metal wow when you do it you'll you, you take a couple of machines and do that and you could tell you'll be able to tell um 1018 over cast over ow i hurt my thumb tinging those <laughs> so, <laughs> you'll be able to tell man and like the softer materials to me they're just you know the 1010s the 12ls and the 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 my favorite is ductile annealed iron yeah yeah Ooh, yeah here. so the annealing is basically cooling it down slower versus the opposite would be hardening being yeah. you know cooling down at a rapid pace yeah so yeah. okay and it depends on the amount of magnesium there is in there as well. If there's a higher content of magnesium, you're not putting a drill bit through this. Not, no. a, not a standard bit at all. No. Right. Um, no, you had brought up the annealing thing a couple of times, and I wasn't sure if, you know, many people knew what that process was. Yeah, I mean, you could look at the, the, the yeah. actual definition. You could look mm -hmm. it up. That's my layman explanation for it. I thought it was there's pretty good. Science behind it. You know, there's a science behind everything. I'm just not that yeah, guy. Yeah. Not an yeah. engineer. You know, I just know what I know from experimenting and what's been told to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's really cool, too. You were talking about the casting, you know, like where you are, you know, the town you live in and, you know, those sorts of uh you know, things that were available to you, like the guys working at foundries and, and uh, you know, doing casting and stuff. I mean, we're over here, we're damn near on the coast, you know, and there really isn't stuff like that around. Um, so it's, that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, you had those sorts of things available to you then. Where are you at in Maryland? Uh, so we're in Knoxville, Maryland. We're like basically Virginia, uh west virginia border uh okay. we're about 45 minutes or an hour from dc same distance from baltimore uh yeah. <clears throat> what's that it has to be 
tons of machine shops and casting in Baltimore, Virginia because of shipyards and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, there is like, yeah, down by like the Navy Yards, there's smaller ones, but certainly not, you know, like what you had available, which I'm sure they're all shut down now. But yeah, it was heavy here. It was, um, yeah, again, it was all steam, steel mills. Still, I mean, that's so Pittsburgh, steel mills um, up and down the rivers here. That's all we did was manufacture locomotive parts and right. train cars everywhere and ship steel out, you know, and uh, fire coke. And Pittsburgh was heavy on that in the 50s. And my, my grandmother owned a house in a part of town that's called Lawrenceville. And what Lawrenceville was, that was like a hub for the steel mills, the foundries, the machine shops. There was an arsenal there. So they, they casted cannonballs and whatnot back you know in the civil war area and then train parts and so on and so forth so my my family grew up on this the street it's 39th street in lawrenceville and my shop is actually in lawrenceville now so i was exposed to the train yards to the, the mills to the foundries they were they were all there um i didn't know later on in life i would be utilizing them but uh oh, that's really cool man that's really cool my point is the way I do machines, yeah, I'm influenced by my surroundings, you know, again, it goes back, it's almost a full circle conversation when we talked about learning how to weld during building hot rods, like, it's all come full circle, like my life, like I, I grew up on these train tracks, jumping these trains when I was nine years old, 10 years old going through these foundries and whatnot and seeing all these like abandoned, like industrial parts, pieces and components. And I guess that's stuck in my mind. And when I started to build around Pittsburgh, I started to utilize these components in my building. Like mm -hmm. I, I still like even, I don't know, yesterday or the day before we were coming back from Ocean City. I took my family there for a week and I got, I came out of Starbucks somewhere by the Bay Bridge and I looked down and there was a fucking washer it was all crusty and rusty. It must have been an old fender washer. Put wash. that shit in your pocket, didn't you? Right in my pocket. And I said to my daughter, <laughs> like, what do you want that for, daddy? I said, that's a machine, dude. That's, and I looked at him like, that's a liner. That's going to be a liner. And I just, no. And I do that in Pittsburgh. When I first started building, I would walk the train tracks and I would find scrap steel, mm -hmm. you know, road spikes. In my burn dogs modeled after a railroad spike. That's what it's made out of the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. That's yeah. why it has that peak. That's the tip of the side of the spike. Yep. Now, I come from a railroad town as well. So you just, I guess, subliminally in my mind, I, I had all these influences ready to happen. So I think our getting back to it, our building process is determined by our surroundings, partially, and our influences as well. You know, you guys like you, like I pick up stuff from you. I pick up stuff from Greg. And that's, you know, that's, that's how we evolve in this industry together as we share, you know, just the tips about winding coils. You know, I had to learn all that also, dude. That's yeah. what they take, Tom. I didn't that's know. Shit. Dude, you were, you were today years old. <laughs> but that's why we have these conversations. That's why Greg and I do this is because we learn. We learn, we share, we grow together. Yeah, but it's been like that since day one, man. Like, absolute day one. Like, the first time I ever talked to you on the phone, I learned so much shit. 
the first time. Like the Ink Nation days. Yeah. Like, wow. Go back and forth on that. Like, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> Show my age. And, and Jerry teaching me and Skyver teaching me. And they all went through this circle. Oh, yeah. He worked with Paul Rogers. He picked up stuff from Paul. Jerry worked with Schmitty. Schmitty worked with Jerry. And we all just, you know, and Joe D and all that information. Somebody said this. Oh, why don't you try this? And it just spun out into these circles. And that we just reiterated. You know, we had, we also had Bill, like, you know, he was, you know, getting stuff machined under Jerry's wing, you know, like he was getting coil cores and, you know, uh, binding posts, springs. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, so like, you know, we would, hard in this. we yeah. would go, we would go in and get like, you know, however many coil cores, however many, like, you know, fucking sets of springs. And Bill was big, you know, Bill, I was like relied heavily on Bill for a while because, uh, was, yeah. you know, because like the, the stuff he was selling wasn't, wasn't junk. It was awesome. You know, yeah. we were, I think personally me and you and like a lot of guys were really lucky to get stuff from him. You know, and and be able to like you know get that magic, especially the magic that that Jerry brought to the table. You know, because everything was like everything came from him. You know, so we were like pretty lucky for that. Yeah, Jerry really changed the game, man. As far as like my career, and uh, just you know, Havoc always says iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm everybody helps each other out and i see that as i look back you know and this year and we talk about this stuff now but looking back now applying what i've learned this year i see that how the craft needs to carry on and there needs to be purity to it and i see how guys influence each other and uplift each other to move forward like jerry jerry knew and I was, you know, wet behind the ears. I didn't know. I just wanted to build. And that's all I thought about. I was like the next machine, the next build, learning the new, why does this work? How does this work? What is this? How does this affect this? How does it? And Jerry would step in and he'd be like this, 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 and this. And he would answer my questions. So I would ghost him for years to try and pick up that information. He did the same thing. Now yeah. I got guys doing that with me. Like, how do you do this? What do you do this? Why do you do this? What's this? And it, it feels good it, it, to give back something that was so freely given to me because I had the desire. Yeah. I mean, I, same here. I was like super lucky that like, you know, I had you because like, there, I'm like, you know, I'm pretty hermetically sealed besides like this podcast and like besides like the very limited number of tattoo machine builders I know personally. Um, I'm pretty like, you know, like you let little things out, but you can't let everything out. Right. But I, I was lucky to meet you and like lucky to like, you know, kind of be under your wing because you were under Jerry's wing. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't think you were under my wing. You were just we were all in the same circle, me, you and Kevin, you know, because I felt I like Kevin I, view, me I, view, like I Kevin. view you as, as a as a big time mentor to me. Um, and I certainly learned, dude, you taught me how to make a, a jig for the first time. I was gone. That's it. You know, I was off and running, you know, and like, that means a lot to me. You know, I, I, that's, it's, that's it's kind of where I hold you personally, you know, like you were very, very instrumental in like pushing me to do things, uh, that I had not done 
and maybe improve the things that I was doing. Yeah, and vice versa. You know, Skyver, Mike Skyver always says to me, because I I credit him for a lot of my education and learning. He's like, I open doors, you just, you walk through them. That's it. Like I have an apprentice, which I said I would never have an apprentice again. Um, And he's fantastic, man. And he, he kisses my ass day in and out. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm so, well, yeah, that's cool. Like, I don't really give a fuck. And my thing is, I chose you for a reason. Like you came into my life for a reason. And he, yeah. he obviously taught me tons of things about myself and interpersonal things. And I've given back what I, you know, what, what he wants. He just wants to attain this information. It reminds me so much of myself. I don't take credit for it. I, I say what Mike says, like I open the doors, you walk through them. Now I've had guys before him that I've opened the doors through and they didn't do fuck all with it, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of tattoo machine building chooses you, too. Yeah, you know, you know yeah, but about that, Brian and uh, Jamie, do you feel like it just you're obsessed with this shit? Like you just have this drive that you just want to get better, be bigger, make the next thing, do something crazier. And it's just like you lay in bed at night and you're thinking about the movements and the way it rolls. Absolutely. Man, because I'm already kind of like obsessive compulsive with that shit, but yeah, I'm right. self-taught really. So I would think about it all the time, you know. I would just tinker with it and then try different stuff, you know, um, like different gauge springs or whatever, and kind of see how it runs with it. Maybe <laughs> use like a thicker spring or a slightly thicker coil, like a coil gauge wire. Yeah, like uh, stuff like that. Yeah, so you have that analytical mind that keeps you up at night trying to decipher problems. Yeah, Yeah, staying up at night. I've got insomnia as well. Like I typically only sleep maybe three to five hours a night. Sometimes I don't sleep at all. And if I can't, I leave the house and go out to the shop and I sit there and I fuck around with tattoo machines and sit there and stare at it and, you know, maybe – one night, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I'll go weld up a couple frames. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, yeah, Jamie's definitely, uh, you know, obsessive. And uh, myself, for sure, for sure. I'll get a text at like three in the morning of just a random machine he put together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't sleep. I just, you know, <laughs> get up, take care of kids, uh, you know, do that, go to work and tattoo, come home take care of kids again and then uh back to work how many kids do you have bro so between me me and my girlfriend we got three three yeah that's a lot of work range uh three years old 11 years old and 13 years old wow three-year-olds dude oh yeah Yeah. you are in that (laughs) yeah how old uh 40 i just turned 40 uh last month I'm 52 with a six-year-old. Yeah, going, brother. <laughs> yeah, I might, 46, I might have another one. We'll see. 46, one or two. like not too far off. Yeah, Greg, I remember like one of the last podcasts we had. You called that obsessive shit. You you had a definition for us, like as machine builders. Builders. Yeah, um, what was that? What we are like. 
It's not obsessive compulsion. You, you, you yeah, so. what was that? I mean, I say a lot of shit, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that you said? It, it, we were on a roll that day, though, man. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. Who, who like, was on the podcast with us at that time? I know, you know what? Helton's like that, man. Fucking Rich Helton's insane. Like, <laughs> like he's so like ADD about fucking everything. I got one of his sitting here. Oh, yeah. that's good. Killer. Attention to detail, tweaker. He was telling me stories like he'll build a whole machine and it'll just be one thing will be wrong. So he'll rip the whole thing apart and redesign the whole thing around this one screw because it just drives him insane. Yeah. He's fantastic, man. He's crazy like the rest of us. Yeah, I don't know if there's something wrong with all of us or if there's something that's just just right. What the man? It was something. What? It's so weird that I just like because I've said it a couple times, but yeah. I don't. Remember. It was something about. I'm not obsessed. I'm just like I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's my whole, whole, my whole is chaos theory too. I think if like if, if you're like anyone else that's a tattooer, you know. It, you know, for me, tattooing is defined. I do tattoos. You know, I paint. I mix colors, and I uh, I build tattoo machines. And like, I do podcasts while I'm sick as a dog. Yeah, I do podcasts while uh, I'm sick. Uh, there's uh, something wrong with you. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, well, speaking of uh, probably needing to rest up a little bit. No, not even speaking of needing to rest up a little bit. But the one of the first rules of showbiz is leave them wanting more. This is great. Uh, you guys actually have more viewers now than you did when we started. I didn't mean to uh, uh, sound surprised, but you do. People dig it. Uh, okay. But it's been an hour and a half. Nice. So we, we should, uh, uh, I'm going to uh, shout out right. to some of the people that are in the chat room here, and then everyone could sign off. But real quick, we've got uh, Gina's beaming in from the UK. Uh, Sant is, says, greetings from Colombia. Uh, Jemmy oh. from uh, uh, Borneo, Indonesia. Hey. Uh, Reggie, oh, Philippines. Happened We're going it. crazy here. Uh, then Creature Creature Cave is from Columbus, Ohio. Creature, what's uh, up? Uh, Jeremy Burt from Loose Screw. Uh, and he yeah. says, high five. We love Loose Screw. Boom. If you're looking for a guest spot in an awesome tattoo shop. Oh, I just, uh, my camera's off. Ha, thank hey, you for James. doing that, Tony. Yo, you know what they call a Borneo rose in Indonesia? Just a rose. <laughs> it's like a, an Irish car bomb in uh or an Adirondack chair in But Tony, time to uh, let everybody uh, wrap it up, and then uh, we'll uh, catch up uh, next month. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, Mr. Brian Neal, Mr. James Weddle, Mr. Weddle. I gotta watch my enunciation. Greg <laughs> Desindiantio. <laughs> The worst, <laughs> and Mr. Mr. Tony Urbanek, 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 over here. That was me at the Machine Magnetism and Mimosa podcast. I'm my name and number. Anyhow, I'm Tony Urbanek. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, T Urbanic Machines or just Tony Urbanic. Um, I'm in Pittsburgh, PA at a little shop called Inka Inka Do, and I run the Rubber City Tattoo Invitational.
Invitational, along with my partner. This is Mr. Greg DiGicento. What's up? Um, uh, my Instagram is Veritas MFG. It stands for Manufacturing, not Motherfucking Greg. Motherfucking Greg. Motherfucking Greg! Uh, my shop is right outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's called Mr. Blue Sky Tattoo. You can find us on Instagram under Mr. Blue Sky Tattoo. Uh, you know, I haven't updated my website in a million years because I'm too busy doing other shit. So if you want to get something cool, hit me up on Instagram. I'll show you what I got. And that's that. I make tattoos. I make tattoo machines for a living. And that's it. And I, I love my buddy Tony. He's a good dude. And thanks for thank you guys for coming on here. We appreciate it. We love talking to, to anybody and everybody. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, it's good to hear uh, hear about you guys and uh, your your adventures in tattoo machine building. And uh, certainly good conversation. And uh, thanks to Gabe and thank you to uh, Guy Aitchison and reinventing the tattoo for uh, putting us on and letting us uh, do some cool stuff. You know, talk some shit you know, every month or so. It's much appreciated. Yeah, that's awesome. Brian, where can our viewers find you? So I'm on Instagram, Brian Neal Tattooer. Uh, I'm the owner of Stig Old Tattoo Company in Knoxville, Maryland. And yep, I make tattoos and uh, do rowdy shit. I like to build tattoo machines and that's pretty much about it for me. And uh, you could catch Brian at the West Virginia Tattoo Expo put on by Rocco Cunningham this weekend. It's the 19th through the 21st, I believe, in Morgantown. I'll be down there as well. Jamie, will you be there as well? Yeah, I'm going to be at the West Virginia Expo. Yeah. You bringing some machines? Yeah, I'm bringing machines. Um, I also do a lot of other weird shit. I make oddities and all kinds of shit, dude. I'm, I do, I do machines and other shit. I, I'm, I gotta constantly be making something. You know, I, I get. I do machines and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I do machines and shit, sir. But my, uh, you gotta check out Jamie's stencil shit that he's making, dude. Oh, yeah, the Care Bears. Yeah, and the and the honey bears, yeah, dude. You gotta check this stuff out, dude. Ridiculous. And, and multicolored ones for this uh order. Can I drink <laughs> that? Is my question. You're gonna pee out of your butt. You can, yeah, you can drink it. <laughs> in fifty bucks. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean shit happens. <laughs> it does indeed. Stencil shit, hence the name. Stencil shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going where I was going to go with that. All right. Where can we find you, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, so my Instagram's Jaw Tattooer. Um, I uh, work with Brian at Stagold. But, uh, yeah, I, do, I don't really post everything I make, but I make a little bit of everything, man. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming on. Thanks, Guy. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Lauren at Raw Pigment. Wicked Fast, our sponsor. Gratitude, our sponsor. Until <clears throat> next month. Machine thumbs. Wait, where is it? There we go. I will talk to y'all later. I got to figure out how to stop this now. I am not tech savvy. <laughs> Peace out. Bye. I don't know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Help game. Bye. <laughs>